Welcome to episode 265 of the Thunder Underground Podcast. Trent and Jason here as always. And this week we've got Brian Fair on here. This is a a long time coming because this is another yes. one of those ones we've talked about, you know, that we've yeah, since I the would, beginning. Yeah. We should get this guy. Yeah. Yeah. And Brian Fair has definitely been one of those guys that we've always wanted to get on here. So glad that we could finally make it happen right. for our fifth year anniversary. Right. It's, so uh, to, from this day. I believe it's actually this day. <laughs> Good. I, this is. You May mean the 14th. day that we're the day that we're fucking recording this today, or the day no, that it, the, the day that this is released, May fourteenth. Yeah. Okay, okay. I'm pretty positive. If it's not, it's the fifteenth. It's right around there. Mm-hmm. So this is the closest episode to the day. So you imagine five years ago, if you said, "Hey, you guys will be doing a lot of these episodes," and five years you'll be doing one with Brian Fair during a goddamn national, global fucking even pandemic. That's right. Where no one can go anywhere and shit. <laughs> I mean, what would you have thought? Yeah, I know. That's, I would have laughed and said, okay, maybe we could have got Brian Fur, but there's not going to be a global yeah. pandemic. You know? <laughs> and look. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> We've mentioned the name Brian Fur several times, but if you're not familiar for some weird reason and you didn't see it there on the title, he is, of course, the singer of Shadows Fall. He's the singer of Hell Knight. What else? Downpour, Overcast. Overcast is like legendary, early, early, you know, hardcore, post-hardcore, whatever you want to call it. Right. Brian Fair, Mike D from Killswitch Engage. This is back before either one of them yeah. or those bands came. Right on. At least to the level we know them. Yeah. But, but most of you know Shadows Fall. If not, you've at least heard the name. Uh, Ozfest, middle 2000s, they were big. Of all those bands that came out around that era... I think they were, or they were my favorite. I'm pretty sure they're your favorite. Yeah, yeah, same here. Yeah, definitely. They're the one that I kind of latched on to. Yeah. And I'm glad, you know, that they've been talking about doing stuff again. And he talks about oh, that in too. this interview. Definitely. That, that, that made my day. And, you know, it's like we, you know, we love, we love Shadows Fall and Killswitch Engage and Lamb of God and God Forbid. Unearth. Unearth. Shadows Fall is our jam. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, before we get into all that, we need to let you know we're sponsored by a few different people. A few different, excuse me, entities, so to speak. MedFarm is a dispensary located in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. 24683 East Highway 51, right there off the highway. They've got a great selection you can see on leafly.com. You can pull in there, you can go inside, or you can text or call in your order ahead of time and drive right through the drive-thru, which is pretty amazing. Because a lot of dispensaries don't have that option. And another thing is a lot of dispensaries, pretty much any dispensary doesn't do, is 30% of their proceeds are going to build no-kill animal shelters. Their slogan is cannabis with a cause. Because of that, it's an awesome thing. We're very happy to be able to talk about that. And they're well on the way to getting that first one completed. So we'll let you know when that's done. In the meantime, if you go in there and tell them that you heard about them on Thunder Underground, I'll give you 10% off your first order, which is very awesome. Find them on Facebook and Instagram at MedFarmOK. That's P-H-A-R-M. And their website is MedFarmOK.com. DEB Concerts is a promoter right here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Keeps bringing some amazing acts to Tulsa. Everyone from their first show at the Ideal Barn was Winger. Clear up to Buck Cherry back here in February. All over the place. They even brought in Snoop Dogg and Nelly. 
last year to the BOK Center. And they've got a few shows lined up this summer that are still on the books. So get on debconcerts.com to find out ticket info for these shows, which is Texas Hippie Coalition along with Poster Child and Sweat and Bullets at the Ideal Barroom on June 26th. Lynn Hernandez will be hosting that. July 11th, the New Metal Revival, Flaw, Edema, Paraman 5000, and headlined by Saliva. That's, of course, at the Ideal Barn as well. And then July 13th, Poison, all four original members, with Tom Kiefer of Cinderella and Sebastian Bach, of course, original singer for Skid Row, a triple bill there at the BOK Center for a big arena show. So get on DBConcerts, like I said, .com, or their Facebook to be kept up to date if there's any changes, and of course, we'll let you know as well. And then Sunset Tattoo is a tattoo shop right here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Their address is 3146 East 15th Street. Their tattoos are done good and proper. They're state licensed and mother approved, which is a very high detail you need to keep track of because a lot of tattoo shops are not mother approved. Right. They're mother approved because Jake Thompson is a great dude, as well as everybody <laughs> that works with him. So get over there. By you know, I say get over there. Today's the 14th. They're opening. They're reopening on May 15th, which is tomorrow. So give them a call or stop by the shop right there to see all the, all their work. You can also see it on Facebook and Instagram. They do great work, and now you can set up a time to get in there and tell them that we sent you. Like we said up front, Brian Fair is the guest, and we're going to play some music that he's a part of. Yes. We're going to play Hell Night, which is his current band. It's based out of St. Louis, and this song is called Sleepwalker. Shut up! 
Sleepwalker from Hell Knight from their album Unlimited Destruction. That's the most recent album. 2019? Yeah. What do you think about that? Oh, I love it. Yeah. I, I love the kind of, just that kind of primal hardcore kind of thing it's got going on. Yeah. But it also has kind of this cool retro thing, you know, with the guitar solo, you know, that's not super over, overdriven. And you know, his vocals are, you can definitely tell it's him, but he, he's going a little bit more caustic. Yeah. Uh, so that's I, a good way to put it. yeah, I've, I've listened to this. I've listened to this whole record. It's really good. Uh, and I'm glad we could play it. Yeah. So check out Hell Knight if you're a fan of Brian Farron. You have not before. Like we said, also Downpour. We talked about that in the in the interview here coming up. They had a great album come out in 2018 that you need to check out. And of course, all the great Shadows Fall stuff. And you can find some old Overcast stuff as well. One other thing I wanted to mention before we delve into this is something we never talked about on a podcast. We just talked about on our Facebook lives. Yeah, was uh, Murder in the Front Row. Right. And since, you know, Shadows Fall kind of is a, they're not a thrash band, but they have a lot of thrash elements, you know, so you could, you could throw them in that category pretty easy. Oh yeah. And, uh, the murder in the front row, if you haven't seen it, you need to check it out. You can buy it on Amazon prime for just a few bucks or you can buy the DVD, I think for 15 or 20 bucks. And it's just a really well put together documentary because what we talked about is a lot of, a lot of metal and rock documentaries sometimes miss the miss the mark and kind of come off a little corny. Mm-hmm. Um, but this one, yeah. this one definitely does some justice to that early the early thrash scene in California. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, if you're you know the drill, the the whole San Francisco, Northern California, East Bay, Oakland, Dublin, whatever. Yeah, all that whole that whole thing. I mean, this is this is. This is exactly it, uh, and they cover it with great detail, and they they execute it flawlessly. It, it, you know, there's so many documentaries. My, the biggest beef with a lot of my documentaries that I see is there's so much stuff left out. Yeah, or you know, somebody will, you know, some documentary will just leave out a whole era. It's like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> and but this this kind of covered covered it all. They covered that whole time perfectly. Yeah, I mean, it's not a documentary on Thrash as a whole and throughout history. It's just the beginnings of yeah. where Thrash kind of originated from. Yeah, And I mean, much. you know, there's a little bit about L.A., you know, from the bands you need to know, yeah. like Slayer and Metallica. Metallica moved, you know. And- yeah, and there's a little bit about Anthrax, you know. They they, they delve into that a tad. But uh, so, yeah, they, 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 they get it all. Yeah, so definitely look into that. It's definitely worth checking out for sure. All right, let's. Let's do this. Like we said, Shadows Fall. What I love about them is that all five of these guys, once the band kind of went on hiatus, have been doing great things. Yeah. So if you're not familiar, you know, he kind of, Brian kind of goes into it anyway. But, you know, we've got, we've got guys in Anthrax, Overkill, um, at one point, Flotsam and Jetsam. Yeah. Active um, Defiance. Yeah. They're great. We know that. Yeah. We've had on Chris Broderick on here as well. Look into all the stuff these guys are doing. And let's just get into it right now. Here's Brian Fair. The 
obvious first question is just how have you been handling quarantine and how's everything been going on your end? You know, it's been uh, interesting to say the least. You know, it's t- it, I'm weird, like as far as adjusting to a, a new kind of lifestyle between touring and being thrown in so many weird scenarios or being stuck somewhere for, you know, it, we, like long amounts of time. I, I kind of adjusted to that side of it pretty quick. But for me, the positive has been just spending a ton of time with my family, uh, really getting to, to, you know, make a ton of music, hanging with them, like just just also my wife's business uh she works from home designs her own textiles we've gotten to focus on that so there's been some positives but it's just crazy like yeah like the guitar company i worked for had to shut down so you know all that the impending financial doom and you know nationwide pandemic is the scary part but at least the positive side has been enjoying some time at home which is nice (laughs) yeah yeah more time to how you guys oh go ahead i was gonna say more time to skate too probably (laughs) Yeah. And actually my daughter has been skating a ton and getting a lot better and actually almost getting too brave, you know, to where I have to start to get nervous. Uh, my, my little dude's trying to keep up. So yeah, we've been skating a ton. Uh, all the parks have closed though. Uh, I think one of the indoor ones doing some, like you can book like a, like a one-on-one session kind of thing, but that seems crazy. So, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we had just, it, l- luckily the weather's been up and down here, but it's been nice enough the last little bit to get out. And that, that, that makes a difference. We had moved out of a two-bedroom apartment, you know, like about two years ago. So it would have been a whole different world if we weren't, you know, had the backyard and been able to get outside a bit. Right. So um, I, I feel for anyone who's kind of stuck in the apartment style, that that can probably get a little creepier, you know, just the walls start closing in. <laughs> right. Yeah. If if I was in an apartment, at least I, I would at least need a balcony, or I would probably go insane. Yeah, totally. Just some <laughs> fresh air sanctuary right, somewhere, right. you know. <laughs> you know, the other day we saw that post with the the Zoom with all the uh, all the all the metal guys and you know the Ozfest two thousand five. How how was that? How did that come about? <laughs> Dude, that was such insanity. Like, uh, imagine just all of a sudden I see a uh, a phone, you know, incoming call, and f- first it says Buzz McGrath, which immediately puts you on like you know high alert. <laughs> Buzz from Unearth is one of the, you know, one of the funniest human beings alive. So, and then, but then the names kept scrolling and like most of them were in, you know, my contacts. So I'm just seeing, you know, Jim LaMarca from Chimera, John Campbell going by and I'm like, this is, this can't be happening, you know? <laughs> so, and I was already, I'd probably, you know, it was seven or eight Budweiser's deep at that point. Anyway, at the end of the night, like <laughs> sitting by the fire. So I was like, just totally primed and ready for that conversation so but it was also chaos where you could only hear each person for a minute people were just bumping it out of the screen you know like it was it was like the the most metal high school reunion ever <laughs> i know yeah one of the guys on that chat i saw was florida frank and we just had him on the podcast this week and i saw that nice i saw that post that you made i think it was last week where you said that jokingly that you've probably seen hate breed more than your own bands yeah i well if you think about it man uh overcast you know my band before shadows fall we played with hate breed uh right out of there probably from like you know their first few shows ever because we used to play with jamie's old band Josta 14 before he started hate breed so even in the you know mid 90s i was already playing shows or seeing hate breed 
and then Shadows Fall, we became like almost brother bands with Hatebreed where we toured a ton. You know, we always, we both recorded with Zeus, so we were just around. And then whenever they come through town, I still see them as well. Or if there was a festival, I'm going to go watch Hatebreed. So if I really calculated it, honestly, Shadows Fall played so many shows that I'm sure, you know, that number is probably double. But it's scary how many times I've probably seen Hatebreed if I could see a number, you know. <laughs> and I'm probably staged dove at the same riff for like, you know, 75% of those shows depending because sometimes the barricades were too far at the festivals you know <laughs> I'm not trying to Carl Lewis my way over like the you know Vakin like you know barricade or something <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> what song or what riff was that what's that when I wake up the real nightmare begins <laughs> and then when it comes in that's that's my spot so <laughs> that's, that's how you knew <laughs> just just landing on someone right when the you know bow, just you know like it's in a ton so yeah but there's a there's a few times, but that one every time. So, also on Instagram, you've been kind of going through some old collectible stuff and auctioning it off. Yeah, I mean, well, it's t- the best thing about this too is uh, finally going through the garage and the attic. You know, like I said, we moved less than two years ago, so we had we barely even you know gotten through half of the stuff. And I'm such a pack rat with that type of thing that it's crazy. So I'd find you know a roll of like 15 posters or something and i'm like i don't need 15 of these and you know so i figured out hey, it's a good time to start sharing some today's was super rare one where uh there was a revolver magazine where it was me and dave mustaine on the cover for like a history of thrash right when threads of life was uh, it just come out and they had these like posters where they literally did the like you know paste on the the construction you know plywood walls in new york with okay. so they were like you know kind of bigger you know like 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 promo posters. So those ones, I don't think those ever were anywhere outside of, you know, we probably had a handful. I'm sure they sent a handful to the Megadeth camp. The rest were just, you know, hung up places or, you know, so that was cool to have something that wasn't like just a poster we used to sell or just, you know, something like that. And this one was like, man, there's only a handful of these. So I, I always keep probably more than I even need to keep for myself. But if I got a few extra, I can part with, uh, I might as well. That one, I only kept one and sold the other two. So it was pretty, it's cool to kind of just clearing some stuff out. Also, until we know, you know, what's going to happen job wise, might as well start keeping the cash flow going, you know, <laughs> right. got to get yeah. all the side hustles, sell, <laughs> sell some merch, do some cameo videos, you know, man, it's like, <laughs> dude, I'll, I'll, I'll do singing telegrams as long as they're, you know, I, don't, I can stay social distancing away, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sack that money away. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. well, what was, uh, was Dave cool or was that like a Photoshop deal where they just put both of you on there? Yeah. <laughs> All right. It, it's, it was a pretty random story. Like it, and honestly it goes back me and Dave, I've hung out with, had the pleasure a few different times and, and, but it's, it's been up and down experiences like somewhat <laughs> just, I think, you know, Dave's kind of known for if he's in a mood to kick it, he's totally going to chill. If he's not, he's not going to pretend that he does. You know, yeah. <laughs> so we were walking in uh, to this kind of like, you know, big sort of hangar style, like, you know, not hangar 18, unfortunately, but a big <laughs> hangar style, like photo shoot place, you know, and he was walking kind of towards me and I hadn't really met him and I didn't want to just, you know, roll up like, hey, who, hey you know, so nice to meet you. So he just kind of rolled by and sort of looked and I just kind of did the like, what's up, you know, with like the chin up, like kind of, hey, dude, but without saying anything. And he just kept going. I was like, OK. I'm just going <laughs> to, I'm just going to not bother him today. So, uh, but then, so I was waiting to like take the photo with him, but they actually didn't, they did it like separately. And then even though we were in the same building, kind of then put it together. So I don't know if, you know, what, what was happening there, but it was definitely an interesting first time. And then the next time I saw him, he was like super happy and chill and like kind of just psyched to see me. And I was like, all right, man, this dude's cool. <laughs> 
and honestly, I'm a, I was such a huge Megadeth fan, and I've gotten to know a few of the dudes who've been in and out of the bands over the years, and they're all awesome dudes. Like, Dave Effelson's one of the nicest, you know, dudes in metal. And uh, it, it's cool. Also, it just seems like, you know, Dave's probably in a better place, and he's been a few times in the past as well these days. So I'm happy to see that he's healthy again as well. So, yeah. But definitely a crazy experience the first time is like super fan of being like, oh, Dave Mustaine. And I'm like, ooh, did I just get an evil eye? You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Man, probably what ten years ago now, ten or twelve years ago, we went to a meet and greet with Dave, and he was signing his book in a church of all places. It was kind of weird. You went up on the up to the altar, <laughs> and he just sat there at the table, and you walked across and got the signature and met him. And but it was just an odd experience because the bookstore was so small they had to do it in a church. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So speaking of your own music, Hell Night, you know, had some shows lined up that i saw had to get canceled obviously because of what's going on yeah that was it was a bum out and we actually had a few weird runs of bad luck for our last couple of shows where the first one we were going to play the opening of this new club uh the guys who ran a place called the foobar had were opening up a slightly bigger room across the street and uh we were supposed to play the opening night and the floor was i guess just not going to be ready in time and we had already booked another show, so we couldn't do the reschedule of that because it was just too close to the other show. And then that show had to get canceled because of, you know, just all the, the COVID stuff. So we kind of had a bad run there for the last two shows. And we hadn't been playing a ton recently, so it was we were really looking forward to getting on stage. And uh, it's always good for me if I get to scream into a microphone, there's less chance I'm going to be screaming at everyone in my house. So, you know, it's always good to get some of that out, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm pent up on the live aggressive music front, which is rare for me. There's usually at least a hell night show or something happening. So after decades of getting to do it every night, you know, yeah. you know, when you, when you got to St. Louis, how did you hook up with hell night? Was it something you were looking for? Did they seek you uh, out? No, Totally as, as random as it could be. And okay. probably the, one of the only ways I would have ended up in a band, especially at that time, you know, at the time, I wasn't really looking to, to do too much. I'd been jamming with the downpour guys kind of just via, uh, you know, email. And then whenever I was in Massachusetts, we'd practice. So I was kind of, you know, writing those tunes and Shadows Fall. We were pretty much done, but we were still, you know, doing a couple things here and there uh, as far as touring goes. Uh, and then I had gone to see Hell Knight because the original singer, Mike, was friends with my wife. And uh, we went and saw him just at a small little bar and they were just blew me away. I was like, damn, this is like the local band I'm definitely going to, you know, start checking out. And then I started skateboarding with uh the guitar player Andy just through another mutual friend who uh uh I met here and then started working with. So we were skating a bunch and then when Mike decided to kind of leave the band, he just didn't really have the time to focus on it. They were just like, "You want to jam?" I'm like, "I already knew the tunes." And that was probably the only band I would have joined. You know, maybe at some point I would have started something, but I definitely wasn't really looking to join a band. Mm -hmm. But it was such a perfect situation of dudes I had already kind of become friends with and seen a bunch. So it was perfect. And then we got super prolific right away where we wrote a ton of tunes all at once. And we were like, yeah, this is this is going to work. And it's it's casual as far as we jam, you know, maybe once a week, but take a good amount of weeks off and then play a show every few months. Uh, but it's been sick to just kind of keep the music thing going and, and writing some like just super gnarly tunes. Yeah. You know, well, you know, the creative process between all these different projects and things that you've done, uh, how does that differ? And, and, uh, you know, between downpour and, or shadows fall or hell night. Yeah. Uh, well, shadows fall, we, we really wrote in a way where it was like Matt and John would come up with song structures, kind of work them out with Bittner. And then I would come in 
we, me and Matt would usually work on vocals somewhat together. I would usually have a skeleton and then we'd work on some stuff and then we may adjust the structure based on like the vocals, but it was usually a, a good solid skeleton that those guys had riff wise before we did anything. And then honestly we did pre-production, you know, Shadows Fall was, we were such a full-time band that when we were in writing mode, we were writing a ton, doing a ton of work. Whereas with dude, hell night, it's like, dude, we blast out a tune in a night or two I write usually the lyrics while they're still finishing the tunes, uh, maybe finishing them up over the next couple of days. And half the time we record them before we've even done anything like, you know, to, to have a chance to change it. It's like almost like inspiration and then immediately get it on tape. And then uh, so it's way different. And then downpour was super slow because we wrote it over like years where like we were just kind of sending stuff files back and forth and there was no rush. Cause we weren't planning on like being like an active touring band or anything like that. Uh, we did play some shows Unfortunately, we just distance was tough, and uh, a few guys just had other life things to deal with. So, but that record did finally come out where the vinyl was supposed to come out through Pledge Music, but we got caught up in that whole Pledge Music oh, yeah. jam thing that where they, we luckily got enough money to get our CDs out and get people most of their stuff, but then the vinyl got kind of stuck up in that. So, yeah, that was a nightmare. Uh, <laughs> oh, dude, what a, what a mess! I, I was, I, I was not gonna say I was skeptical at first, but I was like, eh. I, I just had a weird feeling about it. And then, uh, but the, at the beginning, everything was fine. And then right at the end, it was just a disaster. Yeah. Well, speaking of that downpour album, I mean, like you said, you guys took a while on it, like looking back on it now, about a year and a half later, like, I mean, how do you view that in your catalog of everything you've ever done? Oh, it's, it's some of the best singing I've ever done for sure. It's definitely probably the most diverse or, or at least kind of covers a, a wide spectrum of any, everything I've done. Uh, I, had a blast doing that stuff and if i would have probably been in massachusetts we probably would have been a little more active like i said just a lot of the guys had just you know full-time jobs slash life stuff to, to we all kind of were dealing with so we knew we weren't going to go all in but i think if i would have been close we would have kind of probably done some more with it but the record wise I, i'm absolutely blown away with what we were able to do especially the way we did it um and like songs like the cover of that song mountain just you know vocal wise for me that was probably the most fun i've ever had in the studio doing something like that with Shadows Fall stuff, you always had the kind of we're part of the music business pressure and stress hanging over you, you know. Whereas with Downpour, like we didn't really care. We were recording it on our own anyway, and then we were going to try and see if we could get it out, you know. So it was just kind of a different feeling uh, as well, you know, which was nice after, you know, 15 plus years of knowing like, all right, man, we got to get this record out, done, you know, in the back on the road type of thing with Shadows Fall, so. Is that something you think down the line you might guys might try to do again or and not uh, wait fifteen you, more years? Yeah, you, <laughs> no, we we have this. Yeah, uh, we have the skeleton of of songs. To do. Are you talking about downpour? Because yeah, we have yeah. more material. Yeah. yeah, we 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 do have like the skeletons of probably like five or six more songs that we've recorded a good a chunk of, and then have you know demos of of the other ideas. So hopefully, uh, it's. This time would actually, if I had I, the one bum, th bum out about being trapped at home right now is my whole home studio is just in shambles or just super outdated, like old, you know, so like I would probably be working on it right now, but I have to record it into like this phone or into GarageBand at the moment. So <laughs> speaking of Shadows Fall, do you get ever get tired of people asking you all the time? If something ever is ever going to happen, <laughs> uh, you know, no, it's cool that people are still interested. And honestly, we're tr we've been trying to figure out a way to play some shows and, and work it out. Schedule wise, has been pretty tough just with uh, Anthrax, Overkill, and you know, Matt's been busy on and off with Active Defiance and his own studio and things like that. 
me and Paul are working. Well, we're working full time. <laughs> now it's real hard. You know, yeah. like we had some framework <laughs> rolling uh, to try and get some things kind of to the next level of, of, of really, you know, moving forward. And now it's all just at a standstill. So, uh, but you know, we, we really do want to play some shows. We, uh, really stopped playing just because just logistically it was getting harder between guys playing in other bands. And then also just financially, just, you know, if we wanted to survive, we were going to have to like tour 10 months out of the year. Like we always did. And we just kind of weren't at that point right then. You know, I was having a kid then had a second kid, Paul had a kid. So it just became too tough. But as far as playing together, that was we were never like broke up because we didn't want to do it. We just, you know, it didn't make sense at the time. So, yeah. well, well, you know, speaking purely, purely musical, what do you think your favorite uh, Shadows Fall record or era was? Oh, it's it's tough. You know, I, I recently listened back to Retribution and I like think that's like probably has some of my favorite performances on it. Um, but like the war within era, just that whole time in the band will always just be crazy. I honestly, the art of balance in the war within era were just chaos for us as a band. Like it was the most insane, fun whirlwind, crazy time. And also we were at like that kind of creative level where we knew exactly what we wanted to do with every step. And then, you know, like, so it, it was just, you know, a different kind of, kind of thing that it was still, uh, just sort of unfolding in front of us. So that'll always be a special time. But musically, man, I think Retribution has some of my favorite stuff. Like you said, whenever Shadows Fall ended, everybody else kind of went into another, like, touring project, and you stepped back. Like, was that you just kind of decided to take a break for a while? Or? Yeah, you know, I, I just, I, like I said, I, my first kid was born, and I was still on the road, and I was, you know, w- watching her kind of grow up on Skype and was just getting a little bummed on that. We were plateaued as far as how big we were getting, and, you know, we weren't really in a position to kind of push to the next level, just, you know, like we were going to have to keep grinding and, you know, just was missing too much time at home. Physically, my body was beat up from, you know, 10 years of swinging a stupid amount of hair around and, you know, (laughs) (laughs) jumping onto people's heads like an idiot. Uh, so, you know, I was just fatigued and just, you know, kind of burnt out. And, uh, uh, the last few tours just kind of felt a little more like work because of the, you know, missing the family and things like that. So it's funny, like, you know, if you, if you're like in that, you know, upper echelon where like you're touring, where it's, you know, flying in, flying out, staying in nice hotels. You could bring the family, all that. Like, you know, Shadows Fall, we were going to just be grinding like, you know, like a bunch of pirates, like in dirt bags, <laughs> like we always were. So it's just kind of, you know, once you kind of realize that, I was like, yeah, it's been a fun, but it's time to take some rest. And then honestly, John had such a great opportunity with Anthrax uh, that, you know, he really wanted to pursue that. And he was balancing both for a while and that was getting tougher. And we were lucky to have a great filling guy with Felipe, who's an amazing player. But even he was ready to have a kid and move back to Venezuela. So that, you know, it was just we didn't we also didn't want to have that like touring version of Shadows Fall and then like the, you know, real version. And it was already starting to happen. It seems to happen in metal more than any other genre. Where all of a sudden you see a band the next time they come through town, you're like, who the fuck are all these dudes? You know, (laughs) which always blows my mind because metal is so hard to learn. And then you hear these dudes who've been in like 30 bands in like a year and a half. And like, how did you learn all that stuff? Yeah. But anyway, uh, got off topic there, but, uh, so yeah, it was just, it was just time to come home for a bit. And, uh, it's funny how we became the, like, minor leagues for some classic thrash bands where all of a sudden I turn around and John's an anthrax Matt's playing with the dudes who just left Megadeth and 
Jason first flotsam and then overkill, uh, yeah. <laughs> overkill you know, it was just like, damn, dude, like when is Exodus calling, you know, <laughs> <laughs> death angel, Exodus Testament, you know, <laughs> Totally. It's hilarious, man. There's such the now the ex members of Shadows Fall, which already were like this New England, New York metalcore kind of like, you know, af- alphabet soup at the beginning, you know, where ev- between me and Bittner and and John and Paul, we were all in a bunch of bands. But now it's ridiculous. Yeah. You know? <laughs> well, well, you, you know, uh, for, you know, from the, you know, I listened to the Hell Knight, you know, you've got the you've got the hardcore part of it covered. And they can, yeah, they can yeah. do the thrash. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's it. Was funny. That's why the other thing with Hell Knight is, you know, I wasn't going to just start playing kind of like a thrashy metal band again. I was like, you know, if I'm going to do that, I'm going to do it with the Shadows Fall guys, even if it was part time. So the fact that it was a more punk, hardcore, like with like just they're honestly at the end of the day, they're really like rock riffs that we just inject with like you know this down tuned weird guitar tone and just manic energy, and it gets crazy. But if you probably slowed them down, you're like, oh, they're just ripping off like the James Gang and Blue Oyster Cult, you know, but they're just doing it really sloppy fast and tuned to B, yeah. you know? <laughs> well, I, I, I love the the one minute, 50 second songs. That's like my favorite shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, man. In and out. So it's before I can overthink the lyrics. It just could be done. Yeah. All those bands we just mentioned, Anthrax, Overkill, Act of Defiance. Did you get it? Have you had a chance to see any of those guys in those bands? Oh. Yeah, all of them. Yep. Oh, okay. oh, I've seen Anthrax a ton, and John kills it with him. He was it, for him. It was such a perfect fit because he was born in the wrong era. Anyway, he's a total glam metal shred thrash dude. <laughs> like that's his roots, you know. And and uh, he his his just style fit perfect. Uh, and then as far as uh, Jason was overkill like he was the fanboy for overkill they called him the kid back in the day because he was always backstage driving them crazy and then <laughs> down the, once we started you know kind of getting more well known he'd always be bugging them to sit in whenever he went and saw him you know <laughs> he was that guy so <laughs> he was so stoked to get that spot and it's honestly the same even before that with flotsam he was a huge flotsam fan so he was super psyched to be able to do that for a little while and then now the overkill thing is but for his style honestly for me like his style with overkill is perfect yeah. i've only gotten to see him play once and it was here and the kids came out to sound check and got to sit on the his kit and stuff so it was pretty rad well you mentioned your hair every night at a show and something just hit me i mean are your neck muscles like when you're touring like insanely strong <laughs> yeah but also yeah my neck is just a disaster like i've tried to really been taking care of it these days because uh at the time you don't think about it and the adrenaline is there and you know but man i would wake up so many mornings on the tour bus and it was just so brutal and you roll it out and it just sounds like you're stepping on a bag of potato chips it's just like snap crackle and pop oh. like <laughs> insane and uh and that night i'd always be like all right i'm not gonna headbang crazy or at least i'm not gonna do the the the, the full twirls and then we kick in the opening tune which is always something like idle hands or like you know like some fast tune i'm like uh, i don't know what else to do and i just start headbanging like like a maniac <laughs> And but and then it loosens it up and you get this false sense like, oh, it doesn't hurt anymore. And it's just because you're numb and all the nerve endings are dying and you're like, you know, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'm sure at some point I'll have to deal with the real long term. I more started thinking recently, like, I wonder how much my skull, like the brain inside the skull was moving and hitting against the front of it. And I'm like, man, am I going to like end up like finding out I had all these concussions and just thought I was like, you know, in the moment. I'm like, no, you were actually probably hallucinating because you had brain damage, you know. (laughs) It's like, no, I'm feeling it. You're like, no, you're getting CTE, you know. (laughs) But what's the worst thing that ever happened on stage as far as it getting caught on something or a fan grabbing or anything? 
Uh, you know, the, the fan grabbing thing has happened a ton or it gets stuck under someone's arm and yanked. And, and I like in retrospect, it probably wasn't always the nicest. But I like if someone pulled my hair, I would just swing in that general direction for them to like let go. And like so, you know, like hope, hoping that I'm hitting whoever's you know grabbing it. But it's been stuck on light, you know, rigs, uh, tuning pegs, cymbal stands, everything, everything. <laughs> it's been stuck on it all. Yeah. Well, I got a random kind of fan thing for you. Probably six or seven years ago, Shadows Fall played in Oklahoma City and went down there for it. And I came up and was talking to you, and I was wearing a COC shirt from 95. And you, nice. you offered to trade the shirt you were wearing for the shirt I was wearing, but I wouldn't do it. So yeah. <laughs> You got to stand strong on that. That was the era, man. COC back then was just a machine. Not, not that they're not st- always been killer, but man, something about that, that era was just so insane. Yeah, absolutely. Indeed. We, we appreciate you taking the time with us today. Hey, man, it's my pleasure. Thanks for spreading the word. And like I said, honestly, Shadows Fall, we are trying to figure out a way somehow to do some things. We may even try and figure out some random quarantine things along the way as well. We'll see. Uh, but we definitely do want to try and get active. You know, Hell Knight will be back on the horse once we're up and running and just, you know, appreciate the support, man. Absolutely. Definitely. Indeed. All right. You guys take care of yourself. Stay safe out there. Stay at least uh, 10 feet away from each other. There you go. Brian Ferrer of Shadows Fall, Hell Knight, Overcast, Downpour. Man, think about that. Overcast and Downpour. He's just like, it must rain a lot where he's from. Total, totally raining. Up there in New England. Right. <laughs> Once again, glad we got to play some Hell Knight. So if, if you're a fan of this stuff and you weren't familiar with Hell Knight, hopefully you are now. Right. But yeah, huge thank you to Brian Fair once again. That was awesome. That's another one off our list of guys we've wanted to get on here. If you're listening to this and you haven't listened to us before, we've had on some thrash guys. Well, hold on. You know, we've now we've had on Brian Fair. We've had on Mike D. We've had on Doc Coyle. Oh, that's right. Now we got to get somebody from Lamb of God and Unearth. Yeah. And we'll have the new wave of American heavy metal covered. Yeah. Covered. That's a good point. Uh, Unearth. <laughs> I I can see we might be able to do that. Yeah, we can get Trevor on here next week. Yeah, but. you know some Ken Susie, yeah. you know Buzz maybe. Now Lamb of God that might prove a little difficult. Yeah, well I mean, hey, maybe not Randy, but I'm sure we can we might get well, something on. What's Chris Adler up to? <laughs> that would be our fourth member of Megadeth, right? Right. <laughs> we haven't had on Dave Mustaine, but we've had on Chris Broderick, David Elfson. And James Lomenzo. That's right. So, there you go. We've also had on two of the members of Battlecross multiple times. What, four times now, I think? Yes. We've had on, like you mentioned, Active Defiance. I said Chris Broderick a second ago. We've had on Ted Aguilar from Death Angel, which is another band that was represented pretty well in Murder in the Front Row. Yes, they were. As they should be. Insight. Richie Cavalera, Max Cavalera's son. If you're not familiar with his band, check them out. They're fucking relentless. Yeah, they are. You know, they've got, what, three albums or two albums now? Two or three that are just fucking great. So Mm -hmm. look into them as well. And we've had everybody from, you know, Kiss, Def Leppard, Typo Negative, Guns N' Roses, Seven Dust, Shooter Jennings. So just dig through everything and check it out. DethunderUnderground.com is where you can find the links to all our socials, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Speaking of Thrash, Havoc's new album came out a few weeks ago, and we did a review on it on YouTube here about two weeks ago. So look that up as well. 
that pretty much covers it. You can listen to the podcast on SoundCloud, on our website, on iTunes, and all the other great places you can listen to podcasts. I think that covers it for another episode. Five years, five-year anniversary. Didn't think we'd do it, huh? Happy fifth. Yeah, absolutely. See you again next year. We're going to take a break now. We'll see you May 14th, 2021. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, probably not. Because in the can, like we mentioned last week, we've still got an episode with Patrick Muzingo from Junkyard coming up, Jim Wilson of Motor Sister, and Rollins Band coming up. And we've got a few that were recorded this week that this is being recorded before those, so we're not announcing it. But just right. look at our Facebook page if you want to find out who. So we've got five or six episodes in the can, so be on the lookout. Once again, thank you to Brian Fair. Med Farm, Sunset Tattoo, and DEB Concerts. Until next time. I'm just escaping to a quiet room because there's three insane little kids around here who are going to make a ton of noise. Thunder Underground, y'all. Thunder Underground.